Finally, a talk show that helps you defeat mediocre Christianity and walk in genuine friendship with God. Coach and Joe starts right now. Welcome to the Coach and Joe Leadership Podcast. This is a podcast designed to help leaders walk in friendship with God, make decisions in the marketplace, ministry, whatever you're leading through the lens of the kingdom. Psalm 24, 1, everything in the world is the Lord's and everything in it. It's just a podcast to help leaders lead. Yep. Only one way to know if you're a leader, turn around. If nobody's following you, you're just taking a walk. <laughs> so I'm here with the leader today. This is Nicole Welch, married to Gavin, been married 24 years, two kiddos, Ezekiel and Hope. And Nicole is an Ascent Online, Ascent University Online student. How did you find out about us? Of course, the podcast coach. How'd you how'd you know about Coach and Joe? Uh, because I'm a podcaster, so I have a podcast show called Get Heart Media or Get Heart Radio, and um, under the guise of Get Heart Media. So I try to just do a lot of uh, communication, confrontation, connection. So that's what it's about. But um, yeah, I listen to a lot of podcasts, and we you have a whole following in Lakeland, where I'm from, Lakeland, Florida. We we love Coach and Joe, and we love uh, Bridgeway. They all listen to your sermons online. So yeah, yeah. It's a. This is an Ascent Online retreat that's here local. Yep. So most of the Ascent University online students have driven in here and flown in here for some spiritual formation stuff uh, over the weekend. Are y'all staying for Sunday? You staying for Sunday? I'm not. I'm leaving Going back. Saturday night. Yeah. Uh, Tampa, Florida. Yeah, Lakeland. Ish. Tampa. Ish. ish. Tampa. Yeah, I'm flying into Tampa. You're right. Did you? So I was going to say, did you drive or fly? No, I flew. Let's jump into a conversation. Here's why yes. you're on the podcast today on a class session. A month ago, we started to have a conversation on Romans eleven twenty two, which talks about both the kindness and the severity of God. Yes. Remember that? Yep. And I don't remember specifically what you said, but I remember the Holy Spirit showing me, you need to have Nicole on the pod, one of the podcasts to, to talk this out. So okay. let's, let me revisit the conversation, then we'll just take 20 or 30 minutes okay. and talk about it. You ready? Yep. All right. Romans eleven twenty two. consider both the kindness and severity of God. Uh, all five of Bridgeway's core values here, Nicole, are paradoxes. I don't know of another organization in ministry or in the marketplace that has paradoxical core values. No. Not not to say that we're some, you know, not not to worship that. I'm right. just, I'm just simply saying I don't know of any. Not, I don't know of any. I and I'm I'm in a I've you know we're pretty well you know, but I have not heard of anyone doing that. No. Most people are comfortable in ditches. Yes. All seven continents. Uh, whether or not you're in Christ or outside of Christ, it doesn't even matter. I'm saying people, most people on the earth tend to think either or. Yes. Have you ever met, so you're down there in Florida, uh, like a, yeah, I'm a diehard Tampa Bay Buccaneer fan, mm-hmm. and I'm a diehard Miami Dolphins fan. No. No. It's like never one or the other, especially where I live. Imagine someone being a Clemson Tiger and a South Carolina Gamecock. I'm sure there's one person out maybe there. Maybe one, maybe one. So people are drawn to ditches. Why? We just have a bent. We have a bent. And, and it's, um, you know, I, I did counseling for years. I worked in psych units and whatever. And it's, it's, uh, it's just black or white. And it's right and wrong. And there's just, um, they, they go to the extremes to each side of the ditch. And they can never seem to be comfortable, I feel like, with paradox or what I call mixture. Like having... Um, you know, having to deal with ugliness and also seeing your glory at the same time. 
and having to know that there is kindness and there is severity at the same time. That's the key. Like it's happening. They're both. It's not either or. It's and and both. Uh, you ever played a guitar? Yes. All the strings have tension. Yes. I used to think that. I don't. I don't know where I picked it up. I guess I just assumed. When you find Jesus, Jesus takes you out of tension. Uh, I've been walking with Jesus since I was 12. I've been filled with the Holy Spirit since I was 30, so 18 years ago. Started praying in tongues, seeing healings manifest, started walking in power 18 years ago. Uh, now I, I believe the exact opposite. I believe that the closer you get to Jesus, He intentionally leads you into tension, because outside of tension, you just don't grow. So here's the thing, Coach. I got saved at 19, had my first child, Zeke, Ezekiel, completely had a meltdown, like th- probably thought I was going to need to be bed corrected. Um, met my mentor and she started telling me the, the, like the way of, of suffering and entering into pain and entering into tension and entering into that mixture. And I literally thought this woman's from another planet. Like yeah. I, I'm a Christian man. I've been saying, what are you talking about? What, what do you mean? He's not going to deliver me out of this um, horrible breakdown I had. You know, and then mm. she was like, "Oh no, no, you're gonna walk. You're gonna walk through this." Mm-hmm. And I was like, "I've never in my life heard that." I personally do not believe suffering has anything to do with sickness. So I want to say that yes. I, at least some people do. Yes, they uh, do. I went to a reform seminary, did life with lots of Calvinist, hyper Calvinists. A lot of people believe that God blesses Jane Doe with cancer. I do not. Yeah, I don't either. But I also believe that the charismatic church has very little revelation of a theology of suffering. So let me be very clear here. I do not believe physical sickness has anything to do with suffering. Right. I do believe that Philippians 3.10 is correct. Yes, I want to know Christ and the power of his resurrection. Oh, that's wonderful. Well, keep reading the same verse, comma, or not even a comma, and the fellowship of his sufferings. Yes. Simon Peter, Simon Peter says that we're going to go through it. I, I don't have time to go into all that. I, what I'm saying is, is this. There seems to be a lack of a theology of suffering in the spirit-filled stream. Yes. So this is how the conversation started with, uh, at least like a teaching of it. This is how the conversation started with you at Ascent that day at school. Yes. I'm writing a book right now. It's going to come out in December with Destiny Images, and the book's going to be called um, God is Shaking His Temple. Mm-hmm. It's all about Isaiah 6. When God shows up, it is, I mean, the glory, the heaviness, the glory shakes the temple and Isaiah is undone. Yep. There is a literal judgment upon the charismatic stream right now from the Father. I'm convinced of it. I, that's going to make a lot of people think I'm a complete... Just you even saying the word judgment will yeah. make them yeah. literally just yeah. There's new co- offended. There's new covenant judgment everywhere. <laughs> Um, but the Father disciplines those He loves. Yeah, I I um I just got off the phone with a very important leader in God's kingdom that it reaches millions of mm-hmm. people, and uh, he agrees with this conversation uh, that there is absolutely a judgment going on. Of, of all the prophets that were wrong about President Donald Trump getting reelected, there's only two I've seen apologize. Yeah, uh, Jeremiah Johnson and Chris Valentin. Yes. And Sean Bolt said he he did, and he really explained on a podcast of like the whole process of what he had gone through. He actually never came out and said he'd run, but he did kind of, like he said, I totally took responsibility for what I did. Okay, cool. I didn't know that. But I, I, this is what this is what I see. The father is reforming the, the bride he loves so much. Yes. Spiritual, remember when Paul said you have many teachers, there's no fathers? Mm-hmm. Where are your fathers? True fathers and mothers in the faith, faith rebuke and redirect. True prophets, biblically, 
Nicole, it's way more than words of knowledge, and I know your social security number. Well, great, fantastic. You know what true prophets do? Align. Alignment, yes. They align. Yes. What the Father's been showing you that this is this is happening. Yeah. How is it manifesting in your own personal life? Just uh <laughs> just by well, confronting when there is um when things aren't being confronted. So me having to go into and disrupt something that is being let slide because, well, it, you know, there's grace and uh, we'll just wait and pray and we'll let the Holy Spirit, you know, come in and intervene. And I'm like, well, we we actually, God has actually called us to carry apart after we pray, you know, and you talked about this today in the retreat, after we pray, there is a part that we play when it comes to communicating with each other in in church, in the community. Why aren't we having, that's why I started my podcast. We need to have these hard conversations. Mm -hmm. And at the end of the day, Gavin and I always talk about this. People don't want to hear it. They don't want to, and it's, I believe the root of it is just shame. They don't want to be called, uh, I mean, you can call it whatever you want, called out, challenged, disrupted by something that I put out there. And it's reality, man. People don't want to live in reality either. They're, they're looking at it like, well, no, no. Listen, you can over spiritualize anything, but but let's let's look at let, let's look at where we're at right now, and what we have let in and let get by for years, for decades, and look at the fruit. Look at the look at what we've sown and look what we're reaping right now. I think you're spot on with shame. I think there's one other thing as well. We don't want to take responsibility for anything we've done wrong. Right. We don't and, want to be held accountable. And we've created a definition of the gospel that Jesus took care of all that at the cross. So there's really no such thing as sanctification anymore. There's no need to confess my sin. There's no need to repent. We may not come out and say this literally, but that, that is where theology and the spirit field stream is going. Uh, the church is headed towards universalism. Yes. To where sin's not sin anymore. When's the last time you heard a sermon series on hell? Never. When's the last time you heard a sermon series on uh, New Covenant Judgment? Not at all. How about this? Well, I heard yours. <laughs> okay, how about last this? Last week. How, when's the last time you heard a sermon series, conversation, book, something on um, sin? Like... And I know that I'm overgeneralizing. Of course, there are some books out there. Of course, there's right, authors right, right. like Dr. Michael Brown. He's doing a phenomenal job, really. I believe fathering many into what God's been is doing in the charismatic stream right now. But for every Dr. Michael Brown, I mean, my heavens, there there are a hundred who have gotten to a place to where I don't think we would admit that it's heading towards universalism. But if I even say the word homosexuality now, yeah, bef before I even give you my thoughts on it, antennas come flying Fire up. Enough. How dare you? You know, the, the Methodist Church and the Presbyterian Church is minutes away from splitting wide open. It's going to happen. Yeah. It is happening. Yeah. And, the Presbyterian is already happening, yeah. And so what I'm in the Methodist knocking on the door, what I'm saying is this. We label things now as, well, you're just abusing me, or you're just judging the intentions of my heart. That's it, right there. And and so there's the shame piece. Yeah. But the other piece, Jesus says, you're my friends if you do what I command. Yeah, and talk about that. Talk about the kindness, because you said it in class that day. Like, when you're confronting, because like sometimes you almost have to really get down to the nitty-gritty boots on the ground. What does this look like? So kind and severity, it's happening at the same time. So 
you're 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 being severe and saying, Nicole, I see this in you. It's a blind spot. You don't see it. I'm telling you, I'm going to call this out because I love you mm-hmm. and I'm doing it from a kind heart. Mm-hmm. That is the piece that they're missing. They're missing. All they're seeing is severity. That's the one ditch. Oh man, you're legalistic. Mm-hmm. Oh, you're so judgmental, Chad. You're this, you're that. And then you got the kindest people over here, the grace, like, well, we're just going to pray and hope, hope that one day God will get them out of that lifestyle. You know, and it's like, is that is that the gospel? And I don't think that's the gospel. You know what's wild for me? It gets me riled up. Sorry. I, that's okay. That's why I had you on here. <laughs> I've never uh, been more aware of his kindness in my life. That's it, though. You know what he made me do? Made sounds such... Well, he actually did. He led me to do this. Um, I'm not... But some, it's okay to use that. That's what I'm saying. We're, we're, now we're tiptoeing around. One, one guy was like, oh, we don't use the word command. Really? Well, if you wanted to cast them out, you'd command it to, wouldn't you? The father showed me, yes. The father showed me this. He said, you're going to adopt a new dog. Am I some huge dog guy? No, I'm not. We we have a little dog. Preacher. Well, we have Preacher, and he has his own issues. But um, a month ago, I adopted a very abused dog. His name is Ranger. We call him Ford Ranger. We call him Texas Ranger. Good name. He's a 75-pound yellow lab who is, gosh, it breaks my heart. It's so sad. I mean, we're yeah. a month into this, and it's like two steps forward. Five. He's a big dog, dude. That's a big. He's bigger than preacher. Yes, five <laughs> steps back, two forward, five steps back. And I am God. Here's what God's doing in my life right now. As the message that He's called me and Bridgeway to carry. Matter of fact, we're Bridgeway. It's a bridge between these two things: yes. kindness and severity. Yes. My, He said, the Father said, I want your heart to expand towards people while the sword in your mouth is coming at the same time, though. Yes. But somewhere, Nicole, we've associated that kindness is void of judgment. Yes, that's it. We, you just Somebody needs to write that down. <laughs> it's not void of judgment. Mm-mm. You know what Jesus told me two years ago? I started crying. I was uh, going through a lot of, a lot of uh, warfare here. Mm. And I sat in my uh, lawn chairs a really pretty day in the spring. It was the spring before COVID hit. And I said... Jesus, because the Father has appointed Jesus Christ as the judge. Matter yeah. of fact, it's the judgment seat of Christ. I said, what is it? What is it with judgment? He told me something that changed my life. I'm telling you, nobody can take this away from me. Mm. The Jesus Christ, the God of the universe, my Lord and Savior. I heard him so clear, it made me cry. He said, I always judge through tears, Chad. He called mm. me by my name. Mm. Whoa. There, there's Romans eleven twenty two right there. Yeah, Nicole, I found three judgments in the Bible. There's the great white throne judgment. Mm-hmm. There's the uh, goats, sheep judgment, and there is the judgment seat of Christ. The last two related to end times rapture. Get into all that stuff later. There, five of the seven letters in Revelation, Jesus is not happy with his church. With the church, just say that again. He's not happy with the church. And so, this is in New Testament. I started filming. I did two <laughs> movies. Uh, Darren Wilson filmed me for a couple of the movies because he wanted a former cessationist to be on his movies, and that was me. I began to hear when I ran in so many charismatic circles for the first time in my life. I didn't. I never had run in many circles like that. Right. I began to hear a phrase. I don't. I have no idea. Uh, it just starts circulating. God's always in a good mood. God's always in a good mood. And I always thought, Where's that? Where's that? Where's that written? Well, I didn't understand it because right, right. And they, you're talking about someone that I had an encounter with Jesus Christ. I've never met bad English. I've never met anyone more good than God. God is good. Right. Is he always in a good mood? There has been a 
bastardized form of ideology in the church that we've turned Jesus more into a Buddy the Elf figure yeah. than a sovereign judge who's tender. Right. And here's what's crazy. C.S. Lewis says truth is found in the extremes. Some of these hyper-grace teachers, there's so much truth in what they say. Yeah. But when you remove judgment from Jesus, you're going to have to rip out half of the New Testament. But that's where the powerlessness is coming in. You see what I'm saying? That's where the, the kingdom, the church isn't advancing in the power of, of Christ on earth because you've taken out that, that part of the recipe. It'd be like you making a, a cake and leaving out the oil and the eggs. You know what I'm saying? You just got like flour and baking soda. It's like you have to have all the ingredients for the recipe. Carol Arnott spoke at Bethel Church in Reading. Uh, about four years ago, my wife and I listened to it. it. Might have been even longer than that. She's amazing. She began to shake on stage, and um, just Bill and Benny's influence on the kingdom is just incredible. Uh, they've influenced millions of people. Yeah. Carol stood on that stage, and she said, "The next move of God." She was shaking. I remember her just. I was. It was powerful. And she said, "It's about the fear of the Lord." Yeah. You, you want to know what this move of God's going on right now? And and it's. It's it's not going to be short, and and it can't be stopped. It's about the fear of the Lord. I want to tell you a story and get your thoughts. Got the two strangest thing God's ever had me do. One was I had to fly to Azusa Street, lick the ground, come back to this property, and spit three times. I did that. The second strangest thing, and I did not know why God had me do this until two weeks ago. You ready for this? Yeah. I'm writing about this in the book. Um, He made me go prayer walk Gettysburg. Wow. I had no idea why, so I took a team. Uh, I'm a pretty prophetic guy. Yeah, you are, for Te- sure. Teach the prophetic, love the prophetic. <laughs> Definitely. Father, why am I here? Right, no clue. Nothing. No clue. Until two weeks ago. And um, he said, I want you to begin writing, and I'm going to show you some things I want you to write on. And he began to show me why he took me to Gettysburg. Mm. He said, Chad, in this season, I'm not coming to bring peace, but I'm coming to bring sword, turn brother against brother. You're about to see a stream turn on itself, and it's not demonic warfare. The father's flipping tables, mm. and um, there's a judge. But here's what's awesome. You want to know why, Nicole? On the other side of this Gettysburg, on the other side of it, is freedom and a move of God. So what was Gettysburg about? Well, early 1860s, Lincoln wins presidency really off of one agenda item, abol- you know, abolishing Abolition. slavery, right? Yeah. Yep. Abolition, right? Yep. It took Gettysburg, it was one of the battles, in the Civil War, it preceded probably the most significant thing to ever happen in the United States of America, the ending of slavery. Mm-hmm. This judgment is to prepare for a move of God. It's 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 actually a cleansing, yes. a shaking. Mm-hmm. What do you hear me saying? I hear you saying that. Um, I hear Father saying, so I've been hearing this lately. Uh, I gotta throw it out there and just hear what you think too. But I've been hearing um, the shot heard around the world. <laughs> I feel like this isn't this isn't the church around the world that this is happening. And 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 you say charismatic, but also too that other side of the ditch is in all the other churches. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And um and I hear that that this shaking is is br- breaking up the faulty foundations that have been laid. And like you said earlier. They, it's got a lot of truth. Both ditches have a lot of truth on it, so it looks okay, right? But once that foundation is busted up like an earthquake coming, you know, it's coming up from the ground, so that faulty foundation is done, that's when God 
is laying pouring that the the actual absolute truth, which is and and both, on the ground, so that people can be in complete freedom. Because kindness and severity, you're not in freedom when you're living out of either one of those. Dishes. No, and, and you're not. That's what God showed Lisa Bevere many, mm-hmm. many, many years ago. Uh, God showed Lisa Bevere. He said, "Lisa, submission is the pathway to freedom." Yeah. See, paradox is two opposing realities that actually put you in a place of tension that bring you growth. Right. I, I've never seen anyone grow outside of tension ever. Right. Think about. Do you work out? Y- yes. You go to the gym. Physiologically, you literally tear down your muscles when you're working out. Yes. Like, like they li- tear, physically liter- tear. Yes. Uh, well, well who, who they de- can. I who, have who designed that? <laughs> yes. The father designed that. Uh, this table right here. At some point, sandpaper had to get on this table to get it this smooth. I think this may sound crazy. I think when we go into the pearly gates, I, th- I believe there's literal pearly, pearly gates. gates. I think it's a reminder when we look back down on earth that all of life was squeezing us to make us a pearl. Yes. See, this is where I'm getting at. Where's the theology of suffering? So when I hear things like, it's my best life now, maybe some of these mega churches are because people think, I can just go get my financial blessing, my hit, my... The gospel's not about me, it's about Jesus. Right. And in order to become really good friends with Jesus, you're going to have to go through a tight birth canal called Gethsemane. Yeah. And if you say, well, Jesus went through Gethsemane, so I don't have to go through Gethsemane. What are we doing? Where are the Bonhoeffers? But here's the deal. Overcoming. So we are actually called to be overcomers. How do you overcome if you didn't get in the ring to actually become the overcomer? God is actually requiring me and you to become overcomers. Israel was birthed after a wrestling match with Jacob and God. Yes. Peniel. Yes. It was the wrestling place. he walked with a limp for the rest of his life. Yeah. That's how the nation was birthed. Yeah. So I bless you with this. Maybe God wants to wrestle with you. Maybe for the first time in your life, your theology will become your own through a tight birthing season, like a Gethsemane season, like a crushing season. Gethsemane is where the oil press mm-hmm. was. Wine comes from crushing. Let God take you through these seasons of crushing. You may find that when you get squeezed more, Jesus comes out. Thank you for being on today. Thanks for having me. It was awesome. Thanks for joining us on the Coach and Joe Leadership Podcast. Don't miss the Coach and Joe talk show on YouTube and coachandjoe.com for epic merch, blogs, and ways to help keep us up and running. We'll see you next time on the Coach and Joe Leadership Podcast.